Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. And, as always, thank you for listening. Preachers, pastors, teachers. You see them on TV. You see them in the pulpit. You see them in the churches, on the commercials, on the radio. My goodness, they're everywhere. However, what is it? What is it that uh, makes someone become a pastor or preacher or Bible teacher or evangelist or what have you. Exactly what is it? So this is the first in a series of looking at not, well, in some ways ministry as far as professional ministry in general. But targeting the office, and I say office because you got to make that designation of pastor or preacher. Because not all preachers are pastors, some are evangelists and other things. Now, so this being part one, and this is going to be a four part type series. The first thing I'm going to do is really try to not be heavy-handed about, uh, and by heavy-handed I mean hyper-judgmental, concerning all pastors. Because to be very honest with you, pastors come in all shapes and sizes and varieties. In fact, if you look at some of the research out there, uh, from places like Barna and even Pew Research, you get the impression that pastoral jobs just a real, you know, neck breaker. It'll just smush you in half. And I would tend to agree, but it's not all like that. So let's look at in this first of the series. What happens? What happens? And I've mentioned this before, so this this will be kind of a recap of some of the thoughts that we've run across before as to people that go into ministry. First thing that really needs to be said is this. Professional ministers, full-time professional ministers, are not in the Bible. Now, if you want to consider Jesus a full-time professional minister, I guess you could. He subsisted on charity and there were women helping him and so forth. But for the better part of his life, he earned a living as a carpenter. All right. So it's not like that was the only thing he did. 
and in his day, most rabbis, before and after him, had other things they could do. They had other professions that they knew. Whether that, you know, Paul was a leather worker. He made tents. They made tents out of leather. He was a leather worker. And uh, Luke, of course, was a physician. You hear, the main thing is, is they were bivocational is what I'm getting at. That's not the only thing they, they did, they knew. They didn't, you know, have, have a bachelor's degree in religion and then a master's degree in religion and a doctorate degree in religion and do nothing but religion. Didn't happen. Not in Jesus' day. What we find is, again, in the Middle Ages, and particular with the Catholic tradition, and I'm not going to say Greek Orthodox was a part of that, you know, after the split, you look at full-time professional people. So, this is not a concept that you can grab the scripture out of and say, hey, this is uh, what's supposed to happen. And, by the way, pastors uh, are never indicated in the scripture as running the church. I find, just find a scripture somewhere that says the pastor is supposed to run the church. Ain't in there. So, does it happen? Yeah. Can it happen and God bless it? Yeah, it can. But you got to understand, there's you know some give and take with that whole process and flaws, advantages, and flaws. But let's get back to the grassroots. So let's say you have you have this this believer. And they hear a lot about Christian service. Okay, they're in church, they go to church, they do Bible study, you know, they have a job, not outside of the church, you know, doing stuff. They might help with things in the church. And all of a sudden, one day, they get this feeling that they feel like God wants them to go full-time. And what in Protestant circles they call that is the call. All right, It's called the call. A call. There's other words, phrases they can use, but basically it's a, you know, I don't know, uh, one of these things where uh, you get this idea that you know, this is this is it that that God is calling you to something beyond the standard service of a pew going Christian. All right. So, so how does this thing happen? How does this how does this call occur? Is it a bot call, a voice from heaven? Some people say it is. Uh, is it a feeling inside your gut? Sometimes, yeah, they say they say it is. Sometimes they just say that God confirmed through a scripture 
I heard an old preacher describe three different kinds of call on a person. Now, first of all, a person, a person who gets a call is going to be someone who has an established relationship with Jesus. They are a believer. They are saved, born again, however you want to throw those tags on there. And normally, or at least hopefully, they're not new. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that they need to be a mature person, mature Christian. Because if they're not, that invites disaster. Why is that? Because they're not grounded enough to deal with a lot of the really crazy crazy cray-cray that happens in a church. Because you're not dealing with perfect people, right? You're dealing with humans, and humans have problems. Tons of them. Just like nobody, you know, really should go into education or social work without really thinking about it hard. You know, um, not to discourage anybody, but just, you know, it's... And by the way, this call to do more than uh, your average Christian work, all right, it's not, as far as the scripture goes, something that is supposed to be like, you know, being crowned a king or something of that nature. It's a call like, hey, uh, you know, I want, I've always wanted to be a carpenter. I've always wanted to, 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 to be a, a race car driver. I've always wanted to be, you know, something of that nature where all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you kind of figure it out. You go, hey, you know, I really feel like I'm, that God is needing me, asking me, wanting me to do something more than your regular Christian person. And that's not, that does not elevate them. That's not the way it's designed, but we treat it that way. We treat it that way. I mean, I've seen churches, you know, Oh, brother so-and-so, come up here to the front. He got a call to the Christian ministry. Lord, call him. And then, man, they come up there and everybody makes huge to-do over it. That's great, okay? Because it's a special event. But all of a sudden, you give the church the impression that, Okay, this guy's better than you guys. Or this lady's better than you guys. Because they got a call. Oh, they got a call. And they're not. They're no better than anybody else. They're no better than the auto mechanic or the banker or anybody else. The difference is this. God has impressed them to do another service beyond the service that they're supposed to be doing every day as a Christian. That's what the call is supposed to be. And it may be specific. Most people feel like the call means I'm going to be a pastor. Why is that? Because, you know, being an elder slash bishop slash pastor, however you want to, you know, line those words up, is part of it. But, uh, but we tend to treat that person like all of a sudden they just turn to gold. And that's really not the case. 
The case is, though, that, that God has a special purpose, but it's for service, not for elevation. And it may not be for authority. You know, well, this guy's got a call. We need to put him in charge of something. Why? What, what, what if he's a goof? I mean, in that er arena. Put him in something God's called him to do. How about that? Now, obviously, if someone is called to be a pastor, hopefully, you can tell through leadership that they've done in the church from the past, before they have the call, that they know what they're doing, that God has been working with them on that. You know, God can just miraculous, miraculously drop information in people's heads. He did it in the Old Testament. Here's the issue. More often than not, he prefers to train someone up because it makes, what, more sense. And people can see from the past the evidence of this person's behavior before then that, oh yeah, they can handle this special call to service, extra service to the church above and beyond your average because of that. Now, back to that pastor that I was telling you about. He mentioned to me that, that in his brain, and I don't know if this was original, but there were three different types of call. There was, first of all, the mama call preacher. That's what he saw. So basically, that falls into the family category. Now, this person may be a wonderful Christian person, and then their mother just thinks, or their dad, or their brothers and sisters, or cousins and aunts and uncles, and five of them might be in the ministry already. Or, yeah, in the ministry, if you got dad in the ministry, or mom in the ministry, or brother in the ministry, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, there is that underlying emphasis of, you know, kind of pressure. Oh, especially if it's a dad or a, you know, a parent in the ministry. Yeah, I think God's calling me. Why do you think God's calling you? Well, you know, uh, I just feel it. Well, what do you mean you feel it? What do you, I mean, did you wake up? Did you eat some weird stuff? What's going on? You know, well, I don't know. It's just, you know. And nobody ever questions that. I mean, for real. No one ever questions that sometimes. You know, do you really have a call to uh, you know serve? Okay, so wh what's God calling you to? Well, you know, He's calling me. You know, He's just calling me. Well, uh, He hasn't showed me yet. Mm, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, possibly. All right, it happens. I've heard. Uh, but God's very, very purposeful sometimes. In fact, more often than not. Now, maybe God hasn't revealed at that moment what, what they're supposed to do. Okay. But if they're still thinking about it two years after, you know, they have the call, then what happens? So anyway, when, when they have the call, Uh, there's the mama call preacher, which is family call preacher. Then there's the church call preacher. A lot of times, you'll see someone in the church who's doing a really awesome job in the church. 
And then the people in the church, well-meaning, will say, well, we just feel like you have something special. You know, we, you know, we want you to, to consider ordination. Well, if God's never talked to them about ordination or, or talked to them about becoming a pastor preacher, then don't push it. Maybe they're exactly where God wants them. But you'll get a church every now and then, and people in the church, and, and their friends may be in the ministry because they're really active in doing things in the ministry, reaching out, and they're doing that awesome. And all of a sudden, they get this really warm, fuzzy feeling. You know, and somebody says, you know, you just, you just act like a minister. I think, you, I think you're a minister. You just need to surrender to the call. You need to surrender. Yeah, I, lo I love that term. Surrender. Just like, oh, no, I'm fighting it. And, and there are some people that, that, that would just go crazy if they heard that because they, they really feel like they were fighting a call to, to be a pastor or, or pre, uh, to be a pastor or preacher. And I'm not downgrading that possibility. But here's what I'm saying. Um, people who go into the ministry need to initiate it. Uh, now, it's, I don't think, yeah, a problem for people to come and say, you know, you have been doing these things. Have you considered that you, that God might be looking at you? But you can't push that. Because if they say no, then no means no. Maybe that's exactly where they need to be. Maybe they don't need to be a pastor. Maybe they need to be a deacon. Yeah, and by pastor I mean elder, of course. Maybe they don't. But churches, well-meaning churches, sometimes pressure someone because they need someone to do what that person's doing and and what have you. Or maybe a staff member left and that guy's doing two, you know twenty times the work that the staff member that left did. So they want to plug them in. A lot of times that occurs. So that's church called preachers. Then the final variety is God called preachers. And yes, these are preachers, these are people who God has has reached out to and impressed upon them that they need to do an extra service. And the extra service is above and beyond what they normally do. And Again, I'm still not talking about professional preachers or ministers. I'm talking about above and beyond what they're doing. To be an elder. Because usually pastor-teacher should come from the eldership, right? That doesn't always happen that way, especially in Protestant evangelical groups. But, um, let's just say that God says to them, hey, you are going to be an equipper. That's you. You're going to serve the folks. You're going to equip the folks so they can go out and do the ministry. Now how you do that is between you and God. And we have a whole myriad of ways that happens nowadays hundred different ways. Some some churches, it, it blows my ever-loving mind how many staff members they have, but okay. 
The thing is, though, the first two preachers, the family call preacher and the church call preacher, those are the people that get their heads handed to them on a platter. Those are the people that get bitter over years of service. Those are the people who, even though they start that way, could become God-called, maybe. But if God never touched it, then they find ministry laborious. And they're just going through the motions. And there's a ton of churches that have those people on staff. And there is a ton of suffering that comes from that, from the people and the individuals. Now, I'm not the one to make the judge, to make the judgment call. Oh, well, this guy's a mama call preacher. This guy's a church call preacher. You know. Somewhere, maybe God can, when they're in it, maybe God says, okay. Now you're a God call preacher. The main thing, though, is if you're going to minimize destruction, chaos, and hard feelings, <laughs> you got to be a God called minister. There has to be that element. And by the way, again, this is for extra service. Everyone is called, if you have a relationship with Jesus, to be a minister. There's not, that's why it's, I almost have to designate between professional minister and otherwise. Now, in part two in this series, we'll look at the education. Once someone gets called, what happens then? But right now, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your own.